Hello, everybody, and welcome to the More or Less Podcast. My name is Gage Morrow, and I'm your host. Oh, man. I just uh, I just totally had, like, a five-minute podcast by myself, <laughs> and I'll probably never share that, any of that, because it was, like, abstracted, subconscious kind of stuff, but uh, trust and believe. It was really fun. Now, I should definitely unplug this, because... It is, oh shit, it's very distracting because I can see myself, so one moment. Just had to unmeta that podcast real quick. I was seeing a version of myself in the my television screen, so that was very distracting. But, um, yes, back to the podcasting. Um, it's been a while. Yeah, I just had a five-minute podcast by myself. I am, uh, a little bit less, a little bit less than sober. Little, like, not all the way sober right now. So, that's okay. <laughs> it's, it's weird when you say sober. <laughs> sober is like cis for alcoholics. Like, sober, people who walk around sober, just normal, they're like, yeah, they're just normal people. But you have to make it sound serious, you have to make it sound dour, like, yeah, that's a sober person right there. <laughs> like, how did alcoholics get the naming rights for, like, how your brain is when you're not on drugs? <laughs> all the addicts, they're like, yeah, we're we're sober now, because, you know, before we were all, uh, but now we're, you know good you know that was a great bit that was a that was a great bit well no because the comparison is like you know trans people like the word cis existed after like the trans discussion came up and it kind of caught me by surprise because it's like oh i'm good i don't have to say my pronouns i got away with it you know i'm not transitioning or anything i'm just a regular just a dude but then they're like you mean cis and i'm like uh, no, bro, like, <laughs> what's sis? <laughs> I actually have my sister's name saved in my phone as sis, so, <laughs> for no, for no reason, no reason at all. My other siblings have their names in there, you know, and she gets sis. Oh, well, guess that's just misogyny, you know, oh, they're gonna hit me with another one. <laughs> all right, the first um, four minutes of this podcast <laughs> is the most defensive I've ever been now oh man yeah but I'm definitely not sober right now oh shit that is like very obvious uh I just saw the movie Stillwater and uh I was so disappointed and then surprised and then disappointed again let me tell you, Stillwater, this just turned into a movie review podcast. It's just off the dome because uh, I didn't come with anything today. I should, be, I should probably be more prepared, you know, and not do this late. So anyways, let's not be self-critical. We're having fun. Let's take off our glasses. Let's let our, down our hair. Let's turn into the hot girl from the second act of every fucking rom-com. <laughs> but speaking of second act, um, Stillwater is just a second act with two 
disappointing acts as the shitty bread for what is actually the good meat in the middle. Most of the meat of that movie is in the middle, right? And I will, uh, I guess I'll get into spoilers. Fuck it, dude. We'll do it live. Did I not even acknowledge the fact that my lights are different colors now? Your boy is stepping up his production, all right? Hold on. Pardon the interruption, but your boy has an announcement, all right? I've been doing my lighting setup like I'm some kid out of high school who got a couple of panel lights on Amazon and decided to make a podcast. I'm a college kid who got some panel lights on Amazon and decided to make a podcast because your boy's got a college degree. Now, this is not news, but I suppose as evidence. Like, this is less of a podcast and more of a deposition. Because I swear to God, I paid so much fucking money to learn just how to set up this camera. And I could have looked it up on YouTube if I really wanted to. But your boy had to go fuck around and spend 60000 fucking dollars just to learn how to set up a fucking camera. Oh, man. We don't always take the easy path, right? I could have learned a thing, too, from Occam's Razor. Simplest solution is usually the right one. And the final solution... <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it's so gross. <laughs> I put that to my mouth at the exact wrong time to put something to your mouth when you're swallowing liquids. Here's a more satisfying sound. I mean, how fucking satisfying is that? I mean, oh man. <laughs> All right, maybe I'm going to cut this part out too. <laughs> 11 minutes in. 11 mi- 11 minutes. If you're a if you're a deep comedy nerd, you know exactly what I'm talking about. 11 minutes. Fucking city of brotherly love. Fucking stoop. That's a uh, my terrible impression of Bill Burr's infamous Philadelphia set. Mm. All right. Let's, oh, man. My beard is so scraggly. Maybe it's just too turned up in my microphone. Two turntables and a microphone. All right. I definitely took an edible before this podcast. Okay. I swear I'll do this one next one sober. I promise. You do like 10 for them and one for me. It's a little vacation. Oh, man. Wow, there's only 10 milligrams. Yay, my tolerance is going back down. You know what that means? I'm a cheap date. Anyways. Wow. So, yes. The podcast. No, yes. Stillwater was like really... Disappointing. It was just disappointing because, like, 
All right, now I guess we'll get into the spoiler parts of it because that was such a walkabout to nowhere. But no, so Stillwater is a movie about uh, Matt Damon's character, Bill, Bill Baker, an American oil rigger, um, also known as a roughneck. We make hole. That's what he said. We make hole. Not make a hole. Not make holes. This man's from Oklahoma. Matt Damon plays a Oklahoman. Um, as he returns to his theater roots. And uh, this Oklahoman has got a daughter who's in prison in France, in Marseille. And uh, she's in there because she is accused of stabbing, get this, her lesbian Arab girlfriend. Yes, Lena. Never makes an appearance because she's fucking dead (laughs) for the last five years. So... Glad to see there's a finding a way of removing uh, Arab representation from a movie by killing her off in the first fucking act. Didn't even kill her off in the first act. She was dead to start. Anyways, so I'm not going to give a whole synopsis of this movie. Basically, Matt Damon has been visiting his daughter in prison, in French prison, and he's trying to get her out through evidence. And so there's like a whole scheme to track down this guy that apparent that actually stabbed the girlfriend and it turns out uh turns out that I am not good at movie review podcasts. So, we're just going to move on. Basically, it was f- it was kind of boring in the beginning, super fucking boring in the beginning. Then in the middle it got kind of exciting. There was a, you know, this film noir uh, you know, gritty detective uh film vibe to it and we felt we were going to get to a conclusion and then it took a very dark twist when Matt Damon finds the guy who allegedly uh, or I guess possibly not allegedly this isn't a real life story um but who maybe stabbed the girl and he's still waiting on DNA evidence from a shady cop and fucking Matt Damon kidnaps this guy and then makes this like cute little French girl Maya makes her hold a secret that he's keeping this guy captive. Like, this shit goes dark, dude. But then in the end, like, every all the loose ends get trimmed up. And apparently the daughter... There was a moment, there was a thread in the story where the daughter might have paid that guy who actually stabbed the girlfriend. That she, the American daughter, paid that guy to stab the girlfriend. But apparently in the end... This is the the disappointing part. Spoiler alert. As if I didn't already spoil fucking 89% of the movie. In the end, the daughter, the American daughter, she, uh, Matt Damon's daughter, she admits that she did pay the guy, but she just wanted him to get her out of the apartment, not kill her. Like, they didn't fully commit to the fact that he's been defending his daughter by kidnapping someone, by, you know, basically torturing him, just to find out if his daughter was innocent, or, or knew his daughter's innocent, then the daughter wasn't really all the way innocent, but then it redeemed, redeemed her in the end because technically she wasn't doing a criminal act. She just wanted the girlfriend to leave or something. I don't know. It's stupid, but it's a good way to pass the time. Please support your movie theaters, guys. Movie theaters are pretty much... It's like the last call for movie theaters, right? I mean, I worked in a movie theater for... Shit two three years shout out regal in fenway boston area hell yeah 
go terriers um but yeah i worked in a movie theater and it was you know you gotta trim you gotta cut corners you gotta you know make sure you're making money just like i gotta make sure i'm recording yeah i am Whew, i'm not too toasted but um but yeah man i don't know it's weird because like i have a giant tv that's i don't know maybe like 60 something inches you know in the diagonals which is a weird way to measure it you know why we forced ourselves to think about (laughs) oh man i just okay yep i uh i just thought of something like a good way to teach like americans are so bad at math we're so bad at math but like math is all around us right Like, we're forced into mathematical situations all the time. Our television screens are measured from corner to corner. Which, you know, if you take that measurement, what does that make? A triangle. And that long diagonal piece, that's just the hypotenuse of a right-sided, you know, of a rectangle. So it's a right triangle. So you could just learn Pythagorean's theorem on TVs, you know? I just got really, like, wishy-washy there. I don't even know what that was. Like, we should put math in all of our commercials. Consumerism is bad for your soul and bad for your brain. Dude, consumerism's gotten to a new level now. You know, it used to be about... I mean, it still kind of is. It's, like, status and brand and all that shit and, like making a narrative for yourself to, like, make your life feel special because you bought a fucking pink iPhone, you know? Like, oh, I'm so different, <laughs> says the guy who is literally talking to himself in the his basement because he thinks what he says is important. Oh, man. Where was I? Narcissism? Consumerism. Communism. Fascism. Exhibitionism. Buddhism, truism, blue (laughs) jism, (laughs) ah shit, that show Dave on Hulu, shout out to, uh, you know, Dave Andrew Bird, David Andrew Bird, I think is his full name, Little Dicky, that's a great show, what a great show, where was I, consumerism, But consumerism's gone from, like, it gets a lot of things, but now it's, like, super specific because of targeted ads. I get so many targeted ads on Instagram now, you know, and it's, like, I went to this light show. I went to this projection, you know, film art display in New York. I drove to New York like a two and a half hour drive just to do this this art thing i don't know if my feet were in that shot the whole time i want to start a wiki feet account to make sure i'm getting a good rating i want to make sure <laughs> i want to make sure i'm hitting well on all social media platforms including wiki feet you know my wiki feet presence has to be strong in order for my message to spread so i can start selling tickets getting shows booked Cause I'm a comedian, goddammit, and I'm all about my marketing. Oh man, am I having to? 
I'm gonna have to cut 20 minutes from this podcast. That was instead of sound listening to the sound of me swallow water. Thank you very much. Uh, sorry. Wait. Did you hear that? <laughs> I wait, I gotta listen back to this. Twenty one twenty one minutes and one second when I sound I heard the sound of a, a rainforest frog in my throat doing a little croquis. Thank you so much. Thank you, folks. Thank you. Coming back from the commercial break. Um, thank you to our sponsors. Oh, wait, I have to fade the clap out. Thank you so, thank you so much, folks. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, we're joined by our new, uh, our next guest, Tom Holland. Tom Holland, everyone. Oh, thanks for having me. Oh, shit. I actually forgot... Tom Holland is not a chimney sweep. I'm sorry for these terrible, this terribly racist uh, depiction of Tom Holland, a great British, white, Caucasian, male, straight, as far as we know, actor in the major Marvel franchises as Spiderman. Uh, He plays Spiderman 3... Attack of the Spitters. <laughs> Spitterman. His greatest nemesis, Swallowtron. <laughs> oh, God. This is unusable. This is illegible. This is this should be illegal. And I'm out of water. Oh, a little bit of water. A little bit of water was worth it. It was old water, but it was good. Yeah. What? (laughs) Okay, okay, okay. 23 minutes. I'm sure that went from annoying enough to entertaining enough. Well, that's 20 minutes, because the first four minutes were actually unusable. Unless I include this whole thing, then how high am I that I think this this is a bad idea? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, but yeah, I love making these podcasts because, uh, as I was setting up, you know, I guess I can recap a little bit the unheard four minutes of this podcast, but I was just, uh, you know, talking to myself as I do, cause I, I'm on 10 milligrams, <laughs> weak sauce, but I was like just reminiscing about my childhood and like how I used to like making little things and then I was excited to create again, which is, you know, as much therapy as you're going to get from this part of the podcast. But basically, I'm just happy to be doing this. And I'm happy to make shit. Because I've always wanted to perform for people. Alright, people. Um, I just wanted to perform for people. And I don't think I realized that as much as a kid. I thought I wanted to be behind the camera. I was like, you know, technical and shit. That was like my lane. As a, you know, weird, curious kid. But uh, I want to get out in front of the camera now and perform. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, shut up.
Hell yeah, baby. That's the only noise I want to hear. Oh, no. Oh, wow. Sad trombone is sad in every language. You don't know who... You don't know who originally made this noise. This sad trombone trombone noise. That guy could have been Nigerian. That guy could have been Polish. He could have been from a Norwegian outpost in the Antarctic as a part of a research team that played that tune. But we all register it as sad, you know? That's sad in every language. That's sad in every language. I wonder why. Maybe it sounds like a whimpering animal. It's like connected to our evolutionary biology. Using my degree. Now... What they won't tell you, what the government won't tell you, is that Boston University is a real estate company. Come to our school, Boston University, and we will sell, we will buy your property. Boston University literally owns Boston. It's actually kind of true. If you're from Boston or the greater Boston area, or even just New Hampshire, you know that Boston basically owned by Boston University. That's an exaggeration, obviously, but Boston University is all about their money. Dude, they bought up so much real estate in Boston. You don't need that many buildings, all right? You don't, you just simply don't need that many buildings. You're a gigantic college. How could you ever possibly sell the idea that you care about your individual students? (sighs) I don't know. Maybe that's not what college is about. College is not even that hard. Like, I got a college degree, and I'm not that smart. Like, I'm not that diligent. I certainly didn't work that hard in college. You can really just kind of, you know, I just talked for most of class. I got most of my grade from just talking shit in class. You know what I mean? Like, if you raise enough points or ask enough questions, the teacher is going to either be annoyed with the shit with you or likes your curiosity and gives you a good participation grade, which, you know, essays are easy. Essays, fucking, this is like my absolute mental breakdown. Essays are just, are just the man telling you, asking you a question in a, such a leading way. They just want you to answer it the way they want to hear it, all right? Because ultimately, there's a human behind that paper judging your use of the English language to convince them of a point or to convey a message or to bring upon a narrative. You are under the opinion of a select few of monoculture individuals in the academic elite to judge your creation. Because even if you're being, you know, if you're in the maths, in the sciences, it still requires a certain level of creativity. So essays specifically, forget the math and science, essays specifically, they're easy. Just ramble in a coherent enough way to talk the way they want to be heard or talk the way they want to listen. That's all that is. Essays are not creative. So long as you understand your audience it's a very narrow audience that you're creating for there. You're being contracted to repeat back 
basically what they taught you. What the fuck did I just talk about? God damn it. I am probably not even going to break down my camera after all this. I feel like I'm making terrible points and great points at the exact same time. Did I show my degree already? Do you people believe that I'm actually living in my sister's basement because I'm in debt? Because I am. And uh, that's okay. Just set a goal. Pay down that debt as soon as you can. It is quite the burden. Quite the burden. <sighs> I took sailing lessons today. If you weren't already convinced that I lived very... Uh, a life full of adversity. I just took a sailing lesson. But don't worry. It's only my third sailing lesson. <laughs> oh, man. And I wore a dad cap both times. Completely irrelevant. Bond in conversation. Bond in monologue. Um, but yeah, I took sailing lessons. And it's like really fun to be out on the water. There's something that I really appreciated. Being disconnected from land. And like my entire floor is an obstacle because you have the current which is underneath you and the wind which goes over and fucks with the current. And it's like you're so out of your element. You're out of your element, Donnie. Out of your element. Donnie? God, I have to... I've been wanting to watch a specific movie at night whilst not being... 100% 100% sober. But I forgot what movie that was. Maybe it was Arrival? But I I think it, I wanted to watch a comedy. Comedy. I wanted to watch... <laughs> I don't know why this movie just popped into my head. I must be not definitely not sober if I thought Hot Rod was the movie I wanted to see. The classic Hot Rod with American comedian slash singer of Lonely Island... Andy Samberg. Andy Samberg's from Sandy Schwanders. Shut up, shut up, shut up. You're making bad... Those are bad thoughts, Gage. Stop letting them come out of your mouth. Wow. Just got really self-critical there for a second. But we'll be back right after our commercial break. Thank you so much for joining us. All right, now that we uh, sold ourselves to... Sold ourselves. I was going to say sold ourselves, but sold our souls... Works just the same. And we're back. Folks, I don't know if you've noticed, but I've been speaking to you for about 30 minutes now with two different colored lights, drawing way too much attention to it. But I did get a degree from Boston University. Which, yeah. Oh, yeah, so that's the story. Oh, my God, I actually have a story. Holy shit. It's like I'm a real comedian, eh? Um, but, yeah. So, I went to this... Originally, when I went to wanted to go to college, I wanted to become a therapist. Thank you so much. I know. It's, it's, no, I know, yes. I originally wanted to be a therapist. Um, because, you know, I wanted that... <laughs> fucking other people's problems that's just what therapy is therapy is just god these are really high thoughts 
Therapy is just someone who's a professional who is paid to hear you complain. <laughs> I mean, yes, some people have traumas and things they actually have to deal with. Things from their childhood, abuse, adversity, you know, great mental struggle. But then there's also just, you know, white women. <laughs> uh, you know, like, I just feel like I'm not even, like, listened to. Or, like, it's just that he doesn't want the same things that I want. And I want him to want those things. Oh, man. I kid. Oh, well, boo-hoo. White women have mental illness, too. Yeah, I know. I was born from one. Yeah. God, I really hit the trifecta. We're going deep on this podcast. Let's go back to Stillwater. The third act wasn't really that bad. <laughs> I, I, uh, let's go, you know, bread and butter, movies. I studied film in college. No, but I originally went to this small liberal arts school for studying psychology to go to Wheelock College. It's the shirt that I'm wearing. I keep, I try to keep uh, relics of that past, of that history of Wheelock. I try to keep the story of Wheelock alive. Um, I lost it now, but I have a shot glass that said Re- Rip Wheelock because I went to school at Wheelock College, which was one of the colleges of the Fenway. There are six colleges of the Fenway in this consortium of colleges including Wentworth, MCPHS, Simmons, now University, uh, and MassArt, and Wheelock. Is there one more? Is it five? Anyways, I said Wentworth. Um, And it was, I went there, and on my second year, I decided I wanted to double major in film production. So I did, and then I so I have a I was on my way to getting a bachelor's in film and a bachelor's in psychology, and then everything changed when the Fire Nation attacked. Anyways, then my junior year of college, I was still on track to graduate a semester early, so I would be graduating after the first semester of senior year and I knew this as a junior but in my junior year or maybe it was my sophomore yeah the beginning of our junior year when we were coming back to school they had an announcement they got all the people out of the way um, to be uh, in admissions while it was still Wheelock because then at the beginning of my junior year they announced that Wheelock College was, in fact, being bought by Boston University. Now, I forgot exactly how they spun fucking... I don't know how they fuck they spun this this narrative. Like, they didn't just run out of money and go bankrupt, and they literally just got bought out by another college, and they didn't want to lose that money, that all, they, all that money they made by refunding a discredited school. Like, you obviously... If you're a school, you don't want to fall into discreditation. Just uncreditation? Whatever the fuck. But, um, 
So Wheelock College was bought out by Boston University. So I was a Wheelock kid, Wheelock College, a real dinky, you know, let's be honest, like real cut rate, you know, cut rate is that bad? Shitty school, liberal arts school, small school, you know, and they uh, ran out of money. Allegedly, one of the presidents was embezzling money, honey, you know, that, that fucking fraud. Everyone loves fraud. The American tale. Ah, damn, that was deep. <laughs> God, you're so stupid. Ring a bell. Anyways. So someone may have allegedly, one of our presidents of Wheelock College may have allegedly, Jackie Scott, allegedly. Was that her name? I don't know. I don't know, and uh, lost my train of thought. So yeah, so then we knew all of junior year, and we let, that was began the process of migrating over to BU, which culminated in the summer of the reality actually setting in that Boston University was going to buy us because, you know, the they didn't even sign the papers yet when they announced it. It was still in uh, discussion. They had to make it public before they could finish the agreement, and... Uh, I think. I I do that a lot. Sometimes I'll just say shit that sounds real, like an official, like I heard it. But I just made it up in my head. I'm just adding it to the narrative. I'm just like, yeah, this is reality now. This is, I'll just speak this into existence. Even though I definitely don't know if I heard that it was true. But either way, it was announced. <laughs> it was a weird introspective moment. Um, it was announced and then they were still negotiating it. So... It was kind of up in the air for a couple months, you know, while we were going through junior year that this deal would even go through and we wouldn't just fall through the bottom and, or something worse would happen or I don't know, cut funding. So um, then the reality set in when we had our orientation in the summer. I had another orientation. I had already had an orientation two years prior when I was a freshman and now I was, uh, you know, going into, I was beginning my junior year. And we're doing a, well, beginning of my senior year, and we're doing a whole orientation again. Um, and so that's where my film degree came in, because I had actually finished, I think, all of my credits while Wheelock still existed, like, as Wheelock was signing the paper, I guess, to close up shop on Wheelock College itself, pretty much... Right after, I got all the credits I needed for psychology. But you can't... We were like collegiate refugees. We, like... Our nation blew up and got bought up by another one. So we had to migrate. You know, or immigrate, whatever. And uh, Boston University would not accept a double major. So I had to pick one. I think. Or, like, the psychology path was just far more annoying. And by my junior year, I had made the decision that I wanted to be a film director. Or a film writer. And so when I got to BU, I was like, BU's pretty prestigious, you know? Um, there's some great people from BU, and I could, like, connect on that shit, and I could use their alumni network. Which I still... I might... I still kind of can. Uh, it'd be a weird connect, but now that I want to pursue comedy. But, uh, hey, I guess I know a bunch of 
like a network of corporates of like <laughs> well-paid corporates to uh ask for comedy gigs from that was uh so in the weeds marketing okay it's also weird i wonder if anyone's done that howard stern went to bu you know there are some great uh, comedy minds that came out of this this one place go terriers and the people at Boston University were so salty about Wheelock kids coming over, right? Because I was only there for a semester, but if you think about when Wheelock went under, it still had a sophomore, it had a junior, sophomore, what the fuck, am I going backwards? Freshman, sophomore, junior, senior year. So the seniors that year were the most fucked because they had to be the last graduates of Wheelock College, a college that was soon literally months away from not even existing anymore. So I had a couple Wheelock senior friends and uh, I think maybe BU would honor a title. I, I forgot where the cutoff was, but I'm pretty sure those people got Wheelock degrees because they were able to graduate before Wheelock signed the paper saying, hey, we're BU now, you know, because <laughs> they got no BU classroom time. They were in there sliding into their senior year and they're like, oh, by the way, we're getting upcharged. You know, we're being sold up to a better college. Um, did I? This is all public. I don't even know if I've signed like an NDA or anything like that. Probably not. I paid them lots of money to go there. Anyways. Anyways, students at BU were so salty because there was a upcoming sophomore BU transplants from Wheelock College, which means they would have spent their, they their, mind you, they're still paying Wheelock College tuition, which was much cheaper than Boston University. And they got accepted into Wheelock College, which is a huge step, right? Wheelock College accepted threes on the AP tests, a scale on that test is one through five. Three is not a good score for the APs. But Wheelock accepted it. Boston University, I'm pretty sure, only accepts fours. Maybe, probably just accepts fives. If they're still doing test, you know, score-based uh, admissions. Like with SATs and ACTs. And, uh, yeah. In the weeds again. In the weeds. Anyways, so I got in there. I only spent a semester there. But there are sophomores who would spend three years at Boston University paying Wheelock prices because that would be the very last class of Wheelock kids would be the then freshmen but once they joined BU they were sophomores and uh I was friends with one of those freshmen he's a cool dude he wants to still be a writer and he's working on stuff now so then I uh you know discovered discovered I discovered stand-up when I moved back home, when I moved back with my family to uh, pay down my debt. And uh, now here I am, still doing the same old thing. Switched it up, living with my sister now. Woo! Moving up in the world. Moving down the street. Um, but yeah. And I'm, I'm close to paying off my debt. I just paid off a huge chunk of it and... Uh, the rest is soon to vanish. And I've already been talking for 40 minutes. Wow, that uh, 10 milligrams goes a long way. Especially when you're living in your basement. So yeah. And now we're going to be moving to Austin, Texas. And I haven't made a podcast since Austin, Texas. 
I got another hour in me. This is going to be great. Oh, my God. I went to Austin, Texas with my friend Austin Apostle. Shout out Austin Apostle. Been a guest on Mike and Massaro and I's podcast, Can We Be Friends? We were also out there with Haley Copes, fellow Connecticut comedian, and, of course, Chris, Chris Warren, bringing it home, Chrissy Wars, fucking Cry War, Cree War, pre-workout. Cool. Anyways, um, we all went out to Austin, Texas, and Austin and I, along with our friend Mike Massaro, but maybe Mike Massaro won't be moving in right away, but we'll see. Just buy a car, Mike Massaro. Um, that's how, that was on a previous podcast that also may not air. That was a full. I had a full hour podcast with Mike and Austin. I that got really deep, really personal, really quick. And I don't know. We were really fucked up. So I don't know if it was a if it's a good idea to publish that. If I ever have a Patreon one day, I'm gonna save that tape, that uh recording of our of that podcast for that Patreon, and uh. You know, pay money to see it. Support me financially when I'm paying rent with comedy. Gamedy. So, yeah, we're moving to Austin, Texas. Um, In February, February 2022, I will be in Austin, Texas. And I just visited Austin, Texas. And it was so... It was so fun, man. They... Austin... I know, like, Rogan moved there and, like, basically push all the comedians there now if any comedian moves to austin texas they're like oh but fucking just follow joe rogan and yeah basically you know because they're now they're opening more comedy clubs even during corona you know they're they're creating an economy for comedy down there they're creating an economy for comedy don't don't copy crystalia podcast bits because he only does podcasts right now i was a huge crystalia fan (laughs) <laughs> and then all this stuff came out and then he came back you know and people still debate if he should be back or not but he's back I guess whatever he's making this stuff and I still have a merch when I was a huge Crystalia fan but you know what more power to him you know the law decides what the law decides I don't know fucking know. we're gonna get out of that territory what was I saying and we're, and we're back from commercial break you shouldn't talk you shouldn't talk about like the age of consent at all, ever, because that just should never come up. Because you're like, if you're like arguing for that, then it's like, eh, okay, let's just, yeah, you know what, date date someone who's definitely 25, you know, just do that. Or I'm a hypocrite, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the fuck was I saying? Just got really defensive again. Oh yeah, we visited Austin and it was so fucking fun, man. The city is so it's got a great balance of uh nature and city. Like I went swimming in a creek that looks like it was downstream from a fucking Windex factory. The shit was so blue. The Barton Springs Creek is so blue. It literally looks like you are literally in the effluent of the effluent water path of a Powerade factory. <sighs> Refuse. What's the uh gray water? The fuck is like whatever something pushes out. Not refuse. Euthanasia. <laughs> I don't know. My vocabulary's gone to shit. I used to play Words of Friends so much and Scrabble. 
And I love Jeopardy. Rest in peace, Alex T. Can I have a... In a better place for sex 600, Alex? <sighs> ah, fuck. I remember he was on a Triscuits commercial and he had a mustache. And I was like... That dude's the shit. Alex Trebek's a low-key fucking... Just a pure... Awesome fucking dude. A real national treasure. And he's Canadian, so he's not even our national treasure. Canadian, you got one, alright? Besides Drake, all you got is Alex Trebek and Madonna. That's it. That's it. <sighs> Man. What was I talking about? Oh yeah, I went to Austin, Texas. God, is this like the fourth fucking time I've already said that? Went to Austin, Texas. What did I say? Powerade Factory good check stop doing that and the comedy scene down there is fucking great man reed marshall becker shout out to you for being such a graceful host and showrunner and comedian and putting me on your show down there with uh i was on a show with william montgomery fucking william montgomery from the kill tony uh, experience <laughs> the Kill Tony show. I hate even calling it a podcast, even though it's the number one live podcast in the world. Kill Tony. Um, I still view it as a production. Kill Tony was the reason I got into stand up. I saw an episode of Kill Tony and I was inspired. And uh, the next day I went to an open mic and it all clicked. And I finally realized I wanted to be a comedian. And I've always wanted to go to a Kill Tony show live. And so I finally got my chance when I was in Texas because I actually had one scheduled to go see in Boston and then Corona hit and they pushed the date back. I'm not shitting you a year and a half later or a year and a couple months later, I had my ticket scheduled for April of 2020. It got pushed back to June of 2021. And then at the last moment when Tony Hinchcliffe was thought to be canceled, the tickets suddenly could be refunded. They were delayed for 18 months. There's no way after 18 months it lands on a date where you're available. They're just saying, fuck it, you know, fuck your scheduling, whatever. You can't refund it, though. Non-refundable ticket. And um, because the, the artist hasn't canceled the show, which you're just pressuring them because you want to keep the money. Everyone just wants to keep money in their pockets while the pandemic put everything on the freeze. But, butts and butts and butts and cash. Strip club. Um, but yeah. Anyways. God, my nephew walks so heavy. Um, anyways. What the fuck was I saying? Uh, yeah, so I saw Kill Tony live in Austin, Texas, and the show was insane. It was so fantastic, um, and I felt like I was making my pilgrimage to what, to me, was like such a pivotal comedy moment, because I've always been a huge fan of stand-up comedy, um, so all those are now artistic inspirations for what I want to do, but Kill Tony had professional comics on who I loved and I get to see where 
comedy starts and it made me realize it with understanding as a child that I wanted to be a performer, that I wanted to get on stage and that I liked writing too and that I wanted to, you know, create like having two... F- uh, there's no reason to have these two different colored lights. It's not really that impressive. I don't know why I keep bringing attention to it. But uh, yeah, I wanted to do stand-up comedy. And then I, when I got on stage for the first time at the 413 bar in East Hampton, shout out one time, and that's where I met Austin Apostle. I met Austin Apostle. He, I think he was at my very first open mic. And I remember he showed me like the list of other comedy places to go to. And I'm so glad uh, Packard's is back. We're getting way specific, way into the weeds. But my very first open mic scene was in Mass. And then it migrated to Connecticut, which had the better scene starting back up after Corona. Which now Corona's been a whole fucking era. It's been a whole, like, experience. I thought it was going to be a little blip. But, uh, no, that was, like, a time. It was a long time. Still going on. Mask mandate might still be back. Who fucking knows? If this is the new normal, then whatever. Um, but yeah, anyways, we went to Texas, and the new normal there is just like they people were Ben had shows, so it was bumping already. Clubs were open, restaurants were open, everything was fucking open. The only time I had to wear a mask was in an Uber. Everything else, fuck it, fuck it, like whatever. No social distancing or whatever. No need. It's been gone, and. Uh, so whatever you feel about that is how whatever you feel about that's your problem. Think about the information that's presented to you in your own lens. I can't control how that makes you feel. But uh, instead, God, they are screaming children. But um, yes. So the comedy was so fun down there. There were so many great comedians. Uh, all the people that were down there. I saw the Kill Tony show. That was fantastic. And, um, the only thing is weed's not legal in Texas. So like usually in mass, you can go to the dispensary and you can buy some or soon in Connecticut, you'll be able to buy it from the dispensary, but I'm close enough to mass and I can go up and buy them. But, um, and, and you could, you know, smoke weed and have fun, but in Texas you couldn't. So it was still a little bit more sketch finding it. You know what I mean? But I was amongst comedians who I knew they all smoked or knew someone who smoked. So I just asked them and, uh, after, that was after the Kill Tony show. Like, went to the Kill Tony show. Went up. Uh, was on the top level, and actually, some some woman was bothered by my laugh because I had a really like cackly laugh, and I, she never said anything to me, but she tried to run it through her boyfriend. You know, like the boyfriend definitely was a fan of Kill Tony, or comedy in general. You know, and she just was. Thought she was going on a date, but probably does not like stand-up. Because I was just howling, laughing, just having the best grand old fucking time laughing my ass off at this show. And she was just to her boyfriend. Like, and like they kept looking at me like I felt like they were burning a hole in my fucking head. And I could see them looking at me like I'm not stupid. And uh, and then I think I heard the boyfriend say, like, babe, I, I can't. It's It's a comedy show. It's okay for him to laugh. Or something like that. Like, I knew that's what he was saying, because, I don't know. Maybe I was just being paranoid. But definitely not. Like, that woman hated my laugh, because I was laughing like a like a hyena. Shout out to Giannis Pappas and Krista Stefano. Shout out one time. Um, but yeah, so that was fun as shit. And then, 
they catered it with uh, brisket, like a barbecue, you know, like from a barbecue joint, like brisket and biscuits and triscuits, you know. And uh, they had an after party, which they debuted on that very first live show. And it was like a prototype, which they might start charging people more for in the future. But I just got it for my general admission ticket. So like another band came in and then they just kept the party going. And they had the catering, you know. And I had triple layer cheesecake. And oh, God, I'm getting the munchies right now just thinking about it. But um, that was fucking rad. And I met a couple of nice people after the show who were fans of Kill Tony. Not comics, but, you know, that's another thing. I met a bunch of comics, so I'll get to that part in a second. But, uh, yeah. Um, Kill Tony's fucking awesome. And I, at the this was all in one day. Like, I landed midnight on Monday, and I just had to roam the city looking for things to do for, like, hours. From the hours of, like, 7 a.m. to 2 p.m. before I could check into my Uber. Or, uh, fuck. <laughs> to check into my Airbnb. Anyways, I was mixing up Airbnb with Uber the whole time down in Texas. I kept looking at Austin. I was like, hey, uh, should I get the Airbnb or you? And I kept just saying Airbnb instead of Uber. For some reason, like I, my brain was stroking out or whatever. But um, which then became the genesis for a joke that I use in my act now, which is about taking an Airbnb home, yada, yada. If that's on my special, then it was worth it. If not, it's an open mic joke. Stop doing that. Um, this looks like a thorough mental breakdown. I need water. I need water so bad. Hold on. Hold the phone. Damn, I needed that water. I really hope uh, this podcast turns out good because I hope it's worth all the work. This took a while to set up. You know, for the whole day, I was pretty much uh, loathing wanting to set this podcast up because I have to produce this show as well as try to be funny on the podcast. And I hope I've been funny up to this point. I'm going to probably be listening back and be like, holy shit, we are an hour deep and you have said nothing funny at all. Like it was just all cringe the whole time. But I feel like it was pretty entertaining. Don't you think, folks? Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. And we're returning from our commercial break. Thank you to our sponsors, Endless War. Endless War, it's been uh, funding the economy since the revolution. We have uh, pretty much never not been in conflict with another nation. But let's not be serious. (laughs) Thank you, folks. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. We'll be right back. Thank you to our sponsors, Raid Shadow Legends. Raid Shadow Legends, don't raise your kids. That's Verizon's job. Can you hear from your children now? Or not, because they have separation issues. Because they're addicted to, to technology. <laughs> I was just thinking about like all the uh, weird internet songs that were create or the weird like internet media advertisement that was so like shiny and happy and then what it actually turned out to be like look at the world wide web are you ready to polarize your country with the click of a button 
Are you ready to ruin familial relationships because the way somebody posts on Snapchat? Are you ready to cheat on your boyfriend because Tinder's more fun than Candy Crush? I'm sorry we gamified sexual relationships. I'm such a hypocrite. I use Tinder all the time. (laughs) Tinder's how I met my ex. So, you know, don't knock it till you swipe it. This whole podcast should be an advertisement for Twitter. This mental breakdown should be sponsored. My my last the last like half decade of my, half decade. The last decade of my life has been sponsored by Tindy. Tinder. I wonder when Tinder was invented. It's 2021 now. Tinder must have definitely been in circulation by 2011. Um, yeah, definitely. 2011 for sure. Was 2011, I was like just going into high school. So smartphones were popping off. Smartphones were being a thing. Smartphones were having their moment. <laughs> Yo. I just, I think I just cracked gay talk. Hear me out. Not gay accents, but like the way gay people talk about things, they use all the wrong words for something you could just say with the normal words. Like, (laughs) por ejemplo, don't think, don't think I'm homophobic. All right. Look, if you ever listen to the patreon paywall version of this podcast you'll find out a lot more about why i'm not homophobic but until that point we're going to stay coy and mysterious and always be marketing (sighs) fuck i'm i'm so high right now i don't know how loud that was I was just seeing if uh, my niece and nephew could hear me, which would be awkward. I'm an uncle living in a basement. Whatever. Anyways, um, I'm such a bad influence. Thank you. Thank you, folks. Thank you so much. But, um, damn, I completely lost my train of thought. Oh, I probably had a good train of thought, too. You narcissist. <laughs> I Damn, I probably had such a good train of thought. But yeah, anyways, Austin was fantastic. Thank you again, Reed Marshall uh, Becker, for putting me on a show down there. I blasted all the hosts of, I, of every host of every show in Austin for the week as a one-year comic. And uh, I got put up on a show. I blasted like a dozen hosts of shows. And I got put up on one. So just try to put up those numbers, man. Just remember, like, if you're practicing your art... Damn, have I been talking low this whole time? Now I feel like I'm screaming in my ear. But if whatever you're doing with your art, like, the internet has exploded the gatekeepers. Or at least there are still gatekeepers because there's still hierarchy to art and, like, getting published and going mainstream or getting seen, having an audience. But now more people are gatekeepers. There are fewer gatekeepers, or sorry, there are more gatekeepers 
which means that there's less exclusivity and there's more competition and, and gatekeepers are starting lower because they started their own little thing because the internet or whatever. But I'm also talking out of pocket right now. These another one of the moments where I speak beyond my, my uh, scope of knowledge. I'm just venturing. You know, I thought we called that philosophy. Boom, dude. Such a great point. People who think a lot. People, philosophers are just people who think a lot. Did I just lose two trains of thought? Because I was, I lost my train of thought because I was trying to find another train of thought in the middle of that phrase. Hold on, let me rewind the tape. Okay, I could have literally just rewinded it as an effect. But even though I have a degree, I'm not going to stoop to that level. Of editing a podcast. This shit's got to come from here. Not from here. Or it can. I don't know. What the fuck am I coming up with these rules for? Oh, speaking out of pocket. Oh. Train of thought. Fuck. I just lost my train of thought. I found the train of thought and then I lost it because I was trying to find it in the first place. Wow. An hour and six minutes of Something I got to comb through, man. This is going to be an experience. I might just keep the whole first four minutes in, even though it was like super personal. Whatever. My life's a stage. God, I'm so self-important. Okay, back to my original point. Gay people cannot say... gay. When you hear a term, you like... That's not like a gay person said. Like, that's like something gay. Because no derogatories against the gays, the homosexuals. I just mean like every gay I've heard talk talks like this the rule is if this is an improv game you can't say anything normal you have to use all different words than would be normally expected of you for instance when we're talking about the smartphone thing with me in high school i said when smartphones came out or let's just say it a sentence in 2011 smartphones are beginning to become popular that sounds historical that sounds like i'm writing a fucking documentary i just remembered what i wanted to watch the sopranos i've never seen the sopranos and now there's a movie that joey diaz has a part in and it's a movie by the creators of The Sopranos. And they're making, like, basically, Sopranos the movie. Where Tony Soprano is just a young kid. He's basically, this is his origin story. And Joey Diaz is in it. I've heard about this. Now I finally saw a trailer for it. And it made me want to see the absolute, without a doubt, classic of a show. Sopranos, which I've never seen before. So I will get to seeing that. But... Gay people cannot say shit the way everyone else says it. In 2011, smartphones were becoming popular. How does a gay person say that? 2011, iPhones had their moment. 2011, everyone was yas for iPhones. <laughs> okay, that was too that was too far. 2011, iPhones they were basically oxygen. 
that was that was the stupidest shit. Oh man, I'm getting so uh that was off the deep end. <laughs> that might be a good bit. I'm gonna try it out. <laughs> I'm gonna try that out. Actually, fuck it. I don't need to. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. <laughs> I'm glad everyone thought that was fucking hilarious. Laugh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> Sorry. That was just uh that was just my demon. That was my inner demon. I don't know if I've been screaming down in my basement. My nephew's probably freaking out. Or not. They don't care. They're yeah. So yeah, basically long story short, gay people can't say anything the way us straights say it. Which is why I'm like 10% gay. Because sometimes I'll say the thing that I'm like, yeah, you know, in 2011 when I was in high school, you know, smartphones were starting to become really popular. You know, they were having their moment, you know, they were having their sunshine. They were having their P's and their Q's. Okay. (laughs) This is getting further into the gay speak. Just like, you know, in 2011, all the iPhones sat around a table together and they just had their lunch. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) gay people, (laughs) or maybe this is a wait, dude, are, are gay people just trying to be black women? Because that got a little too, like, I think there's like a gradient of like how gay people speak and then how black women speak. Maybe there's a theory there. Hmm? Every gay man, regardless of race, is just trying to transition their personality into a black woman. Black woman. Oh, man. Have I been talking under volume or over volume or at? I don't fucking know. This is making a lot of headaches for me in post. I don't, my depth perception has been off. I don't know how far this microphone has been from my face this whole time. Anyways. Okay. Um. Do I want to leave off there? Oh yeah, I was in Austin, Texas. <laughs> Fifth time bringing that up. No. Um, I don't think I completed all the story. I was booked on a show. It was fucking awesome. I went to kill Tony. That was fucking awesome. I did mushrooms. I did mushrooms. And uh, I didn't have an ego death. I was really hoping for an ego death. Oh, yeah. I also took mushrooms in Atlanta. I'd attempt making a podcast on the road, but it turned out all I wanted to talk about was the fact that I tried laxatives. And then I was too tired to make a podcast, even though I brought the podcast equipment to keep me awake. I literally thought it was like a way to, you know, keep my mind from, I think I'm just picking up my feet. This is being really gross. Was I talking loud enough? Oh, I don't know. Jesus Christ. Um, this podcast has wavered from being entertaining to a mental breakdown. And, uh, this is probably the clip I'm going to use on Instagram. This is very meta. But uh, go check me out on YouTube. This was a crazy episode. Woo! Cut. That was just for the shout out one time for the consumers out there. Just trying to get their short clips of entertainment. Anyways, I market in lies and exaggerations. I am a mercantile of make-believe. I am a seller of secrets. And I am a merchant of mirth. Oh, shit. 
take that and smoke it, fucking Mike Massaro. Mm. Sometimes as a comedian, remember, again, speaking at a school, this is one of those moments. Thank you so much for returning from our commercial break. I can't wait till I can do this podcast and actually pay for rent when enough people want to listen to this stuff. When I've earned the public's laughing mouths. That was a, that was such a gay way of saying that. <laughs> you know, I really earn the public's mouths. You know what I mean? Like, me and the public braiding each other's hair tonight. <laughs> it's just like, instead of being like, yeah, no, I felt like I actually started to market myself pretty well. It's just like, no, you know what? Me and the public, um, we went to Miami and then we went to Publix because we're moving in and we need to start grocery shopping together. Right, because our dietary restrictions kind of need to be in line so we can be there for each other in our hearts, okay, in our stomachs. Okay. <laughs> that was that was the formal gay translation. You know how like there's the ustedes in Spanish to gays? That was like formally speaking. Like I'll give you a full three act narrative instead of just saying I got better at podcasts. <laughs> you know what I mean? Wow. Gage, you've been talking a lot about the gays recently. Are you projecting? Uh, yes. I am Tucker Carlson. Dude. That was some M. Night Shyamalan twist at the end there. Oh, my God. Most of this is unusable, right? I don't know. Is it? But yeah, Austin, Texas is dope. I'm super excited to move down there. And I hope we can still move into a house. There might be a property hiccup, like depending on how many people can come down. But either way, it's going to be so awesome. I'm excited to pay down this debt. I'm excited to get to Texas. I'm excited to make more of these podcasts and really pursue my dream of stand-up. Because really at this stage, this podcast, yeah, it's on YouTube which is technically the same platform that other podcasts are on, but it's not even on the same platform. You know what I mean? In that sense, I mean like a pedestal. Whatever. If my podcast pops off, if my comedy pops off, that would be amazing. That's all I want is to uh, perform, be a stand-up. God, this is really gushy. No, it's okay to be sincere. It's okay to be sincere even as a comic, even though we sell sarcasm and dwell in deception dwell in deception is my favorite slipknot album um see them on tour with big j ogerson in 2004 in a city near you (laughs) anyways um i should probably uh pull this car into the choo-choo sleep garage and start watching the sopranos and stay up way too late yeah Anyways, um, this has been the More or Less Podcast. We've been on a journey together. We've been on a a roller coaster together. Um, I have a show coming up in... uh, I'm on... Basically, I'm a a guest spot. I'm a guest spot on a show on the 28th of August. And that is at Shish Lounge in West Hartford. Doors open at 7, I believe. 28th is a Saturday. Be there, be square. Um... But yeah, I don't got any other show announcements. 
hopefully I post this on time, like a real friggin' good comedian, and I start getting back to making these weekly. All this is inside baseball. I've been Gage Morrow. Follow me on Gage underscore Morrow, if you don't already, on Instagram. And, um, you know, take a couple, take five deep breaths today. I just took a left turn into like a self-help podcast. But on the way out, you know, people don't usually listen this deep into a podcast. But if you've gotten this far, then here's a little a little reminder to just take five deep breaths today. You can spread them out. Take them whenever you want. If you want to sit down and take time to take those five right now, go right ahead. If you don't and you want to just save them like little fucking, ooh, I got a dollar in my pocket. Ooh, I just got a little deep breath that I saved for myself. Take it after, you know, lunch break or something. Either way, take those five deep breaths today. I've been Gage Morrow. And uh, next time I'll try it sober. Thank you. Good night. Bye. What a fucking...